Up and Adam in the morning lives here. It's Up and Adam in the morning. Team Highwater in the house. What is going on, everybody? How you doing? What is up? Matt Hansen, Robin Wolf. We got Nick. What's your last name, Nick? Deshaun. Nick Deshaun is in the house. Look, congratulations on Highwater. We've been talking about it forever. We've had you in the studio forever. You know we're big fans of you uh, from what you guys were at before. But this is so exciting. Congrats. Thank you. Yeah, thank you very much. Uh, it's, it's really amazing, the, the reception and the feedback that we've had from the community so far. So. Yeah, I was driving by. I don't know where it was, but it was like a really off time. And I just kind of you know looked in and I was like, man, you guys are killing it right now. This is great. Yes, it is. Uh, we are we are very busy these days, and it is our favorite problem to have. Yeah, I thought it was pretty appropriate that we came out of a David Bowie song. Yeah. Of course, and I didn't even I didn't even plan for that to happen. Just when right behind the bar, there's like this big black and white like what do you call that kind of art? Mural. Yeah, it's like a yeah. not, not a mural, but it's almost like this like a black like a, not a stencil, but it's just like this image of David it's Bowie like silhouette art. Yeah, yeah, what silhouette. It is. Yeah, and then you got them all up and down the left and right side mm -hmm. of the building. I said this earlier, and I didn't, and I meant it with complete affection. Um, I feel like when I walk in there, it's like walking into a peachy folder. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Remember the old folders? Yeah. Well, I'm sure you will, but for someone who's listening, like mm -hmm. those manila folders with like the, the stripes, and it's like the person playing tennis or volleyball. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, I just love the retro kind of feel that I get when I walk in there. So what, obviously that was part of the... The vibe, but what did you guys really want to conquer with the mood and the character of High Water? You know, um, we we have a simple kind of ethos that we go by, which is cocktails, eats, and tunes, mm -hmm. and it's as simple as that, and as awesome as that too. Yeah, um, I know that Matt and I have been talking about opening our own spot for uh, decades. Yeah. At this point, how hard is it to do that? I mean, you both flourished. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you both flourished in different places, mm -hmm. and I think it's so cool because people, a lot of people, remember you from Fish Goucher, of course, the Hatch for Robin, and then all the other places that you have things to do with. But um, it's you know, obviously, the, this this power couple that figures out what they want to do, but it's a hard area and a hard industry. But you guys are so well known and well liked and well respected in it. Does that make it easier? How hard was this whole thing to get into? I mean, there, there are definitely things that were easier because we have, you know, been a little established in this area. But um, Matt and I agreed after this past year and everything we had to do to open this business that we were going to be really transparent with everybody because people don't talk a lot about, you know, like the behind the scenes and how difficult it really is to do a lot of this stuff. Um, you know, you not only have to have a great concept and cool people to execute it, um, you have to, you know, we're talking about getting loans and, you know, investors, and we're talking about getting a liquor license, dealing with the ABC and that whole Department of Justice background check and that process. And, you know, mm -hmm. it's... Uh, you guys passed, right? We oh, did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And Nick even passed, huh? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, no, it's, uh, it's a lot of work, yeah. and it's something that I would definitely say you got to be ready for, because mm -hmm. for everything that you think you know how to do you're going to come up against three things that you've never done before yeah and you know we all three of us have been involved in in opening spaces before so we kind of like once the doors are open and in the weeks leading up to it we all were kind of in our groove and knew exactly what we were doing but starting from scratch and then building up from there was uh was a new challenge how, yeah, we had a, boss, I had a boss one time who I didn't really appreciate, but I did learn one thing, and he always said the system is the solution, and, and becoming uh, system-dependent over people-dependent. Um, you look at a place like yours, 
You got Nick in the kitchen. You got, I think you're kind of running the front of the house and you're behind the bar running just like everything. And, um, you look at a place like Charlie Puffers, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got good people, but that place is a different v- version of Alive when Charlie Puffer is at Puffers. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. How much do you guys want this place to depend on the presence of the three of you? <laughs> well, I guess the, the easiest answer to that is, uh, some but not all like yeah. we really want days off yeah yeah yeah. Um, and we've we've put into place systems so that we can do that yeah. every once in a while so yeah, yeah i mean i think it's it's interesting whenever you see a restaurant or a bar that is really chef driven or really one you know cocktail person driven or like one ownership driven because um you want to be careful not to fall into that trap because um it it loses its luster after mm-hmm. a while yeah and high water has to be cool no matter if, you know, if I'm in the building or not. Yeah, yeah. right. Exactly. So, and part of that is just picking an amazing team, which we, we've we been very, very fortunate it's like, with. It's just, if you've been around the hospitality industry, either downtown slow or both North County and downtown slow, you, you know the familiar faces and names. And it feels like you have all of them. <laughs> it's so interesting. I was like, oh, you're here. Whoa. You're, you're, well, you're here. You know, a lot of people are, are it's there. really yeah. an, an, an all-star team. <clears throat> totally. And, yeah. And especially coming out of, you know, the past two years in this industry and how difficult it's been for everyone in this industry, um, I think people are finding a lot of joy in that. And people are finding new joy in their work, the people who've decided to stay in this industry. Yeah. Like people who've been known for their cocktails, uh, Nick, in places that are known for their cocktails, bringing it when it comes to the food is very important. And the first time we were there... um, I this pate. I, we got the pate. You're going to tell me what's in this plate in a second. I know you guys are starting to brunch too, but um, bringing it with the food is very, very important. What kind of things were you thinking of? Because I mean, the food that we had there, um, we just got a few things, but they were all just like, <clears throat> yeah. I mean, we just really wanted to do things that were fun um, and interesting and different, but still approachable and and. Uh, just kind of have have fun with it, you know? Yeah, I like the fondue. We did the fondue, and I thought Steve McConnell had the funniest joke. He's like, it's the ultimate F you to COVID. A fondue, you know? <laughs> That's kind of the idea. Yeah, yeah, it really and, is. yeah totally. <laughs> and uh, it wasn't too, like, and I don't, I mean, it's like uh, figuratively, not a little bit, like, too, not too cheesy and, like, mm-hmm. trite, like, the stringy this. And the, it was, like, almost like this, like, rich soup. You know, and, and, and it just, it, it laid on whatever you dipped in it, whether it was broccolini or the sausage or the bread so perfectly. And it had like this real depth to it. Um, the fondue, talk about that dish really, cause it was really something I hope people try. Right. Yeah. So it was something that Robin and Matt really definitely wanted to have on the menu. And so when we were developing it, tried to think of some different ways to do it that, than the traditional way. So we use, uh, we use bourbon instead of white wine. Um, we use a, a raclette and a Gruyere cheese, and then I actually make more of a Mornay sauce than a traditional fondue. Mm. So it's it's roux thickened, it's yeah. a little bit more stable. It's great. Yeah. And it lasts a long time, too. You Certainly. know, you can, like, have some great conversation 25, 30 minutes later, even if the thing's all kind of done, you get in there, you get some good bites left. And it still works. Yeah, yeah it still works. Um, so you wanted fondue, huh? Yeah. I absolutely <laughs> wanted fondue. It kind of goes along with the... Uh, Kind of like the vintage vibes that we that we wanted to have with our our murals of rock gods and our you know kind of like seventies um, stripes on the walls and vintage glassware and um, yeah we came into this really wanting fondue and we trust Nick one thousand percent as far as any menu goes he and I worked together for years at the Hatch and yeah. that was started something great obviously um, but we definitely wanted fondue. It took a little convincing, but... Did um, you want to do it at the beginning? 
No, I mean, man, maybe a little resistance. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm, I'm really happy with the way it came out. Is it yeah, because like, like of what, well. like the associations? Like it's just not. It's a high end. It's a little bit beneath me in a uh, way. I just think it was something that I maybe wouldn't have ever thought to do. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but man, it kills. It's great. Uh, yeah. But then you got this pate. And first of all, I'm a huge fan of uh, Jacob and Grover Beach sourdough bread. Yes. Uh -huh. I think it's like it's like the benchmark now. And uh, you guys are using that in the restaurant with uh, with most things, if not probably everything, right? Um, this pate though, and you said you make this pate. Yeah, we do. That's yeah. it's it's so good. What tell me? It's like a like a chicken mousse pate kind of thing. Yeah, it's actually it's a, it's kind of a different way that we do it. So we we make more of like a like a farce or. Um, and pour it into the jars and then cook it inside the jar itself. Oh, wow, cool. In a, in a sous vide bath. Oh, awesome. Right. Yeah, and then what I like about this is there's also, um, there's plenty of it. You know, you could share it is that thing for a while, three, four people, you're good to go. What's the um, the the berry thing next to it? I forgot the name of that. It's a blackberry mustarda. Mustarda. What is a mustarda? Um, it's it's like a, a jam that has mustard in it. So okay. There's, there's whole little, oh. mustard, wow. uh, mustard powder. Yeah. yeah. I love this dish because of that sweet and the savory. Mm. And when you put it on that grilled, like Grover Beach sourdough with the pate and the mustarda, it's almost like a PB and J kind of experience. Yeah, but like super, but meaty and yeah, amazing. Yeah. Uh -huh. So, yeah. And, and then we had a friend come in and like make a sandwich out of it. It was <laughs> shut up, really. Yeah. Oh my god, that is so yeah. like you know uh, what's the word like decadent. You yeah. know, absolutely. Okay, I'm drinking. This is incredible. You guys are starting brunch this weekend. We are starting brunch starting this Sunday. We will be doing brunch every Sunday from 10 to 3. Reservations are highly recommended because uh, we are not an overly large space, and we want to make sure that we get everybody in who wants to come. Yeah, and one of the items is this item in front of me. This is incredible. Now, before I get into the cocktails with how we want to approach brunch, uh, Nick from the kitchen, Br uh, breakfast, brunch, I kind of bleed it into that. But it's a it's a thankless service. It's very tough. It's right. very tough. You got you got to be super quick. The eggs, you know, you, you got to get them out. They get cold quick. I mean, it's one of these services that is just not easy to do. And brunch now gets so popular. You have so many people out there. Talk about some of the dishes that you want to bring forth with brunch starting this Sunday, and then what you have in front of me here. Right. So we really we wanted to do a true brunch menu and not a, a breakfast menu on Sunday. You know, so we wanted to do some really interesting items. Utilize items that we already have on the menu. Um, so we're doing a uh, corned beef croque madame. Oh, wow. With uh, Grover Beach sourdough. <laughs> uh, it's going to be pretty interesting. Now, for someone who doesn't know, it's a French sandwich that is ham, cheese, and egg? Correct. We're doing a croque madame, actually. Oh, that's ham and cheese? Yeah. yeah. Oh, amazing. Yeah. How fun. Yeah. There's a couple of eggs on top. Yeah. 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 Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what else is going on? Uh, we're doing duck confit and egg tacos. <laughs> Be something fun we do. We're getting some oysters in. Mm -hmm. um, just having fun with it. Yeah. yeah, what's this we got here? So that's a leftover <laughs> fried rice. So kind of utilizing any of the Is that what you're calling it? That's what we call yeah. it. That's awesome. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. And then, and I'm going to post a picture of it, but it was like, it's kind of like a lot of different things you had left over. Literally. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, not really leftovers, but right. whatever vegetables we were utilizing at the time. Yeah. Um, and then typically we're going to have pork belly in house, so it's going to be pork belly. Mm hmm. Um, and then it's topped with uh, crispy onions and, and garlic and a couple fried eggs. Yeah. What was with, how did you do those eggs? Those are awesome. They're, like uh, they're perfect. Just sunny side up, and then I punched them out with a ring. Are you, okay, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. And give me, really quick, what's the difference between sunny side up and over, over easy is over easy. Over medium, still runny, but you cook it a little bit over so that white is a little bit more constituted. Right. 
And then the next one will be over hard. Is that literally not a runny egg? Yeah, yeah. You would okay. break the yolk. <laughs> and, then, and then what is sunny side up? Sunny side is you don't flip them. So you cook them really slow, just with the yolks on the top. Okay, so it's, so it's almost like before over easy. Because yeah, you never flip yeah. it. So you get that beautiful yolk when it breaks open and it's rich and it's delicious. And yeah. It covers your rice. Uh-huh. And, yeah. And so a, a large portion of what we're doing on our uh, on our menu, what we're doing with our cocktail menu and what we're doing with our menu is like it all, all kind of sprang out of the fondue is the is the kind of the concept of sharing. Mm-hmm. So everything on our menu is designed to be shared. It's, you know, we have small plates, we have large plates, but they're all meant to be feeding more than one human. Um, so we're doing some large format things on our menu for brunch. Uh, we'll be doing like a, a, not quite a charcuterie board, but like a bagels and locks spread. Oh, cool. That is meant to feed more than a, more than a few people. Yeah. Um, we're doing a waffle board, which is great, which is more like a charcuterie setup, which mm-hmm. is, you know, house made waffles. We got, um, some fresh fruit, some yogurt, some nuts, um, yeah. All these things peanut that butter. you peanut yeah. butter, all these things that you take your waffle, you kind of build your own waffle, yeah. share with friends. Mm-hmm. That's a great idea. You Instagram it. Yeah, you. Yeah, you <laughs> <laughs> and one thing I've always been talking to some folks around here and trying to push, and I'm so glad that you just were obviously thinking on the same lines when you opened your own place is punch. Mm-hmm. Who's punch? Yeah. Punch bowls. I remember Jolie came in here about two years ago, and she's like. Jolie from the general store, mm-hmm. and she's like, we, we're, we're buying a bunch of punch bowls because like this is a thing. People are doing this at the house now, and I'm like, bars need to do this. I have always loved doing punches. Um, I have always told people that you're doing a party, you need to do a punch. Yeah. Nobody wants to get stuck behind you know their bar during their party all night. Good point. Um, a punch is also a cocktail that everyone shares, and it's an experience that everyone shares. Yeah. Um, and Matt and I were talking about this for a while. It was one of our initial ideas for the concept was the punch bowls and the bottles, and they're shareable, they're awesome, and um, the the one that people are really digging right now is called the Rumpus Room. Um, it's done with, you know, a rainbow sherbet and gin and Aperol. Not just any rainbow sherbet. It is Thrifty's rainbow sherbet, which is my childhood. 100%. Of course, me too. And it's topped with, you know, sparkling wine, so it's really, it's that kind of basement birthday party punch of our youth, yeah. but with booze. Yeah, God bless you. Yeah. God bless you, Robin Wolfman Hansen. <laughs> Sean, this is so great. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about these cocktails because if you know anything about uh, Robin and Matt is they know their cocktail game. It is super strong. I got a cocktail here that is made with Cocoa Pebbles milk and drizzled with Cocoa Pebbles on top. This is crazy. They're starting brunch this Sunday. We'll tell you more about uh, High Water Slow. We got Robin, Matt, Chef in studio. Thanks for making the switch. I followed you. I love you. You're the best. Up and Adam in the morning, it is The Crush 92.5. We got the folks from High Water Slow in studio. Robin Wolf, Matt Hansen, Chef Nick Deshaun. How is everyone? You guys all happy? Because it's too early for you. We okay? Oh, no. We're doing great. I mean, it is a little early for restaurant people. Let's be be honest. I I had Dan Curcio in here earlier this week. But we're sitting here at, what, 9 something in the morning eating pate and having cocktails. Life is good. Cocktails don't hurt. Life could be worse Honestly, for the last year, my, my days have been starting... Earlier than ever before, anyway. Is that right? <laughs> True. Let's let's catch up a little bit. Um, what does this mean for Slow Bitter Co.? We've had you in a thousand times talking about all the stuff yeah, you've done with Slow um, Bitter Co. I, and, and Slow Bitter Co. is always going to be something that I'm amazingly proud of what I built with. Um, unfortunately, with um, ABC and Liquor Loss being what they are, I can't hold the uh, liquor license for High Water and the liquor license. It's for Slow Bitter. 
okay. uh, Slow Better Co. that I needed. Yeah. So, um, Slow Better Co. is actually looking for a home. So, if somebody really has a legitimate interest in talking to me about How kind of taking them. that over, um, reach out to me. Yeah, that's that's actually yeah. interesting because it's almost like in one context, it's like, well, you can because you can make bitters for where you're at now. I can, but I cannot sell. Right. So it's almost like slow bitter has evolved in such a grand way where now it has a home to be used in all these beautiful cocktails. But True. if we want to have this brand like we did, where we're selling the little vials and, and making them, mm -hmm. you know, a market with it, that you, you need to have some conversations because your permit doesn't allow you to do both. Correct. Got it. Okay. Correct. Well, there you go. Maybe so hit we'll, me up if you're interested in, uh, in having a bitters company. Actually, actually, <laughs> this, if you're interested, hit me up. We'll get three people here. We'll be like Shark Tank, Ooh, and we'll let you. Yeah. We'll let you guys decide. <laughs> I love that. You know. All right, that's cool. I like that idea. Yeah. Um, okay, so we talked about slow bitter. This cocktail. First of all, um, let's talk about the first one because I don't know if we broke it down yeah. as much as we needed to. It's so good. So brunch cocktails is something I, you know, have been having a lot of fun with because it's uh, it's boozy brunch with us, obviously. <laughs> You want to have that, you know, that special brunchy feeling. The first one that we enjoyed is called Lazing on a Sunday Afternoon after the Queen's song. Because all my cocktails are named after songs, obviously. Um, this one is rum, some banana liqueur, um, some cocoa puff milk, a little cinnamon. It's pretty simple, but it really hits the spot. And as that kid who was never allowed to have the sweet cereal when I, I was a kid, I wasn't either. It yeah. is, it is. Wow, you know, it's ticking that box for me. And uh, yeah, we called it junk. My mom called it junk cereal. Yeah, yeah. if it, it had called. sugar in the first three it, ingredients, we were not allowed to have it. Oh, so. see, anything that had like a cartoon care or was like we called them sugar oh. cereal or junk. So mm -hmm. your frosted flakes. Yeah. I mean, I barely got away with honey nut Cheerios because, like, mom, it's just a derivative of Cheerios. It's a, it's a B. It's cool, you know. But like, <laughs> oh, like the bright tiger, the toucan, evil. You know, the. I love the bargaining you're doing with your mom as a kid. You're like, come on. I only ever got sugary cereals when I went to visit my grandma in the See? summer. And then right? she would just, yeah, load me up with Lucky Charms. It was. Or, um,. I kind of bargained my way. Maybe this is when I really found out I was able to argue with my mom. I, when I was able to get like a softed, what do they call it? Soft, uh, frosted mini wheat. Oh yeah. Ooh. Because I would just say, mom, mo like, it has wheat. 90% of it is the, is the shredded wheat. It's not even, <laughs> it's, it's so kids, bit. and I mean adult kids, when you're ready to get your sweet cereal fix with booze, come down to high water for brunch. Literally, you put Cocoa Puffs on top of it. Yeah. And what's so cool is because, like, as in fact, I got a little frustrated because I loved having a couple Cocoa Puffs roll into my mouth hole every time I took a sip. And then at the end, I was like, the more in there, I feel like there's some unaccounted for. I'll so get you a withdrawal. There's just yeah. right there. There you oh, go. There you go. <laughs> get in there. And then this second cocktail. Brunch cocktails are a little bit different uh, than regular cocktails in a way. Kind of like brunch menu items right. are a little different. Uh, the second one was actually a really fun kind of collaboration of all three of us. Um, we spent some time yesterday doing this. We knew we wanted to do a traditional red Bloody Mary because it's brunch. Um, but also uh, we wanted to do a green Bloody Mary, which was really inspired by our our house-made green hot sauce. That yeah. is Nick's amazing brainchild. Um, I wanted to put it into a Bloody Mary, so we did a green Bloody Mary mix with green tomatoes and tomatillos and cilantro and parsley and garlic and hot sauce and lime and all of these amazing greens. Wow. So it feels like you're doing something really healthy and you're also, you know, drinking tequila. What if you blind tasted somebody on this, didn't let them know the color, the anything, they would still tell you it's a Bloody Mary. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the goal. Mm -hmm. um, They'd be like, that's a, that's a cool, but... We're not but, reinventing well, the wheel. No, but. but it's so interesting. I think one of the key components of a Bloody Mary that 
it's missed out is kind of the uh, like you need that savory, you need that like kind of umami thing going on, and we uh, <clears throat> and you you get that from the, like the Worcestershire sauce in the you know traditional you know traditional red Bloody Mary. And we were looking for something to kind of pop this guy out, and and Nick has a little secret ingredient. So, what is it? Is it this? Is this hot sauce? No, so we, we do these mushroom donuts on our on our dinner menu. I've heard of these. Yeah. and so I take um. Uh, from Mighty Cat Mushroom, he gives us uh, some dried lion's manes and dried black trumpet mushrooms that I grind up and make a powder. Um, and that's what we dust the, uh, the donuts in, but we actually put some of that into the, the Bloody Mary mix as well. Really? Little umami powder. Yeah, we call it umami powder, yeah. yeah. Wow, that sounds awesome. Deliciousness powder. I've was... heard, I have not tried the mushroom donuts. In fact, that was the one item I think you guys were already... I don't know how it was like customer number two, number one at the bar. You guys were already people. You snooze, you lose. Exactly. Come on. Yeah, because we, we kind of started ordering a little bit later, and the mushroom donuts were already um, they were out. So these things are pretty good. Explain what a mushroom donut is, because that just sounds so interesting. So it's just a, it's a yeasted donut, um, like really simple savory donut. That then after it comes out of the fryer, we dust it in this this umami powder that you know tastes like mushrooms. Um, and then we have a raclette mornay dipping sauce. So it's a really like funky cheese dipping sauce for it. Wow. And it's not sweet at all. No. No no sugar. Where'd you hear of a savory donut? Am I under a rock? That's a genius idea. No, we we, we just got Nick Deshaun in our kitchen. That's, <laughs> that's, that's so how we came up with Great idea. Yeah. How big are they? Show me with your hands. Like, what are we talking about? Like this big. You right, cool. five of them. Yeah. yeah. Are they kind of thick or are they kind of like... No, they're really airy. Really? Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, they're cool. That's, that's, it seems like you could, there's a lot of applications with those. You could do some fun things with them. You certainly could. Even with the brunch, too, huh? There's some fun ideas. Wow, good for you. Uh, we got the pate right now. Okay, I want to talk. We talked a little bit about the pate last break. How you you do it and then you cook it in there. Mm -hmm. What are some of the secrets in there? This is a. Uh, it's just it's just too good. It's so savory and so good. Uh, there's a there's a spice blend in there that's called sweet spice. Mm -hmm. um, has a whole bunch of different things in there. Yeah. Um, and then it's also deglazed with. Well, there's there's bacon. There's some bacon in there. Really? Um, and then we deglaze the bacon with um, apple brandy and a white port. And then you like literally pulverize this thing down to. Right, yeah. It's, How I, does it's that work? Blended. Yeah. Raw, raw livers with everything into the blender, blend it up, and then you literally just you strain it, pour it into the jar. Um, and then seal the jars and cook them in a water bath. And then how long does that have to be cooked in the sous vide bath? Uh, I forget the temperature, but it's an hour and a half. Okay, so then you're done. Right. And, and then you, what? Then you put it in the fridge. You ice them down. Do you let you, do you ice them down immediately or do you let them like cool to room temperature? You let them cool then... a little bit because if you go straight in the ice, the, the jar will crack. Yeah. Oh, sure, sure. And then once you you do that, then you just put them in the fridge and then That's they're it, ready to yeah. order. And, yeah. and they last for, because they actually can when they're, when they're cooking. Yeah. The, the jar seals. So they last like a really long time, yeah. Man, so you're, fr I mean, <laughs> That's the thing. If you're ever going to rob high water, and I love that people who normally <laughs> don't consider themselves like pate people. I used to um, be one. It's the, the consistency on this pate is so decadent, but also just so smooth. Yeah. Uh, I've, I used to be one of those people. This one it was really, it's, it's incredible. And this reminds me almost like I put you right up there with like Bob's well bread. Um, that it's one. such a compliment. Yeah, I mean, we always hit Bob's mm -hmm. on our way down south. Uh -huh. so. Yeah, I mean, that pate, there's a little jar, a little mm -hmm. fat on top. It's just mm -hmm. so good. This one, bigger jar, even more to it. Uh, you're going to feed more with it. And then, oh, yeah, it's just really, really, really good. So we're starting brunch. Um, you had a post recently about Yelp. And it was, like, uh, <laughs> I, I feel like yeah. I gotta, I gotta bring it up a little bit. I did, yeah, like, it, hashtag Yelp problems, I feel well, like every, every restaurant like, to our them. And 
I have a problem with y'all because I don't like the idea that every single person now gets to think that they're a restaurant critic. You know, and, and it's one of those things where it's um, it's just difficult because, and so many people will say like, oh, you know, forget Yelp, only they don't say forget. Yeah. Um, and the thing is, it's it's so omnipresent, it's so part of everyone's experience now that you really, you have to. Why? Have Yelp. I don't understand that. It's, I mean, it's because necessary. Yeah, if you don't it's a necessary evil. Someone's going to do it for you. Yeah. So, and then you so don't someone can to... sign up High Water Slow for you. They can. Oh, yeah. And then like yeah. claim that they own it? Well, they <clears throat> will run the Yelp profile at that point. Oh, it's, God. These are, these are things where a lot of what Yelp does or claims to do makes sense to me. And I like the idea of people being able to like leave their thoughts on an experience. I think that's great. Sure. It's very, you know, egalitarian. But the fact that they, you know... Let people write reviews who did not patronize a business. Yeah. It's, like, or, it's like Amazon. It's simple. Verified purchase, right? Yeah. I, mean, I don't know. It's crazy. And um, we just had an issue where um, it wasn't, I, I'm not one of those people that, you know, wants to remove a, you know, a bad review. Um, we had somebody who came in too late one night and couldn't, you know, dine with us that oh. night. And they... Uh, apparently did not like that so they gave us a one-star review and that's the thing they use whelp as like this stick that they're wielding well, and you know and that happens and it's it's part of the whole thing but um the the issue i was having was that um because we were so brand new and we only had a few reviews so far that one review dragged us down and then people were leaving really positive reviews and yelp was filtering them or not recommending them and i try as i might i've talked to a bunch of people about it their algorithm does not make sense to me a lot of the time. So, and it's the same frustration that I think most businesses have with you. Yeah. I mean, I imagine any company or, you know, a big company like this, like Facebook or any companies where like the algorithm, it, it's going to make sense for them right. you know, in the end. And it doesn't always make sense for the user, even if that user in some cases is a business or paying well, or any of these things. And let's not forget that Yelp is a business. Right. And they sell advertising. Right. And they really want you to purchase it. Right. Yeah. So they don't exactly have completely clean hands in this no i totally get what you mean so, i just wonder i mean it feels but we're like, back up at five stars so. yeah oh that's good good for <laughs> we're you we're not super worried yeah well i mean i just think that um it's just one of those things that it's always been like yeah i'll buy you know what i mean well yeah and mm -hmm. then i i feel a lot of the time like businesses who sometimes want to vent their frustrations don't because they are you know they don't want to be perceived as being petty or something like that and we're definitely not those people i mean i Leave the leave the bad reviews up. Yeah. Fine, just don't filter all the good ones. Yeah, yeah, no, sure. Our issue is not with the guest; it's with the uh, it's with the algorithm. It's with the <laughs> yeah. algorithm. Yeah. yeah, totally. So, um, how do people like make reservations and stuff? Uh, we have a brand spanking new, awesome website, um, courtesy of Kendra Aronson, a good friend of ours who does some amazing work. Oh yeah, that girl. Um, and uh, she just got it up. Uh, check it out. It has some awesome photos. It has our dinner menu and dinner cocktails. Brunch menu coming soon. Um, hopefully today. Hopefully yeah. today. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, uh, check out check out our webpage, um, highwaterslow.com. Um, we're also very active on Instagram. Our Instagram is awesome. Thank you, Heather Malcolm, who does our Instagram. Um, and, yeah, we like to keep it fun. And you can make reservations either through Yelp <laughs> or um, directly through our website. There's a button that you click. All right, we're going to come back. We're going to wrap up with our friends from High Water Slow. Highwaterslow.com is that website, and it's the same on Insta, right? Yep, yep at Highwaterslow. All right, we'll come back. Uh, we'll wrap up with our friends from Highwaterslow. It's Up and Adam in the morning. You're up and Adam in the morning. Up and Adam in the morning. Thanks for being up and Adam. There's a couple more minutes left with our friends from Highwaterslow. We got Robin Wolf.
We got Matt Hansen. We got uh, Chef Nick Deshaun. It's great to see all of you guys in here. Thank you so much for being up and Adam in the morning, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, we had this. Um, Tell us the three cocktails we had, and then I have a couple more questions for you. Yeah, so uh, the first one was lazing on a Sunday afternoon. Um, rum, the cocoa puff milk, um, little banana, little cinnamon. Um, the second one was a green Bloody Mary with in-house made um, spicy green tomatillo and hot sauce base. I would never order a green Bloody, Mar Bloody Mary, and I would have been missing out if I stayed away from and this. And now you're obsessed. There now, you this is so good. I just asked you if you had all and more. And the third mm -hmm. one that I just handed you is actually off of our, our classic... Well, classic, our dinner cocktail menu. Yeah. It's called the Cha Cha Cherry Bomb after the Runaways song. Um, so we uh, use some rye in that, a house spiced cola syrup, some tart cherry, a little Bruto Americano to give it an edge, some lime. And then we carbonate that, serve it in the bottle with a straw. And it's like a little, it's so cool. Yeah. I love that. It tastes so good. You guys do cocktail catering? We do. We do. So if private so, events well, wants this kind mm -hmm. of... Uh, For your special events, cool. you reach out to us and uh, we can be your people. How do you figure out pricing when you're starting a new place? I mean, is that tough to do? I mean, you want to be, you know, you want people to come to you, but mm -hmm. you got to, you obviously, you got, you know, your own prices. That is obviously yeah. plays in, but you're this new place. No one knows you yet. No one knows what to compare you to yet. You got to bring people in. How do you do that? Well, we, you know, we've, we've all been doing this for a long time and we know how to price out to get the food costs that we need out of things. Um, but also like, you don't want it to be, you don't want it to be too cheap and you don't want it to be too expensive. Right? right. But you also have to like take everything else into, into account. Like for us specifically, we've committed to like, I think one of the things that we set up to be the thing that we are about is being the change we want to see in this industry. There you go. And one of the things we want, we, we are committed to doing is offering a living wage for all of our, all of our staff. Um, above kind of what market is showing right now. Um, and in order to do that, prices have to be a dollar yeah. or two higher. Would, right? you, ever, would so. you ever do like that one restaurant and say no tips? So Danny Meyer, yeah. So I that is a whole four-hour conversation. Well, that's taking this idea and mm -hmm. taking it to its extreme. It is, yeah. and it's a great idea. But I think that the industry has yet to figure out how to do it in a workable yeah. way. Yeah. If Danny Meyer can't figure it out, I don't know how I'm going to. Yeah, do I don't it. think that, yeah. that works in this area for sure. No. Yeah, yeah no, totally. I agree. I mean, I think. Yeah. But yeah. Also, our culture. I mean, you you go to France; it's a different culture. Sure. Mm -hmm. It's it's done away there, and it, it's an ecology, and it works. I go over to France, and until I learned this, I was like, no, 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 you can't, no, don't give me that, no, no, I don't, no, you are so fantastic. Like, it's almost like no, you're not getting the culture. Right. Here, the culture is, you do this, that's why I've never understood, and you can take me on this if, if, if you disagree, and I would trust you because you're in this business, I'm not, but I don't like when people pool tips, I never understood that. Is there something to that? Am I missing something? It feels like if you're doing the best, you should, and you're getting tip well. Why should somebody just be able to skate through and get the same tip? It depends yeah. on the atmosphere and it depends on the restaurant and the type of service. Um, but yeah, I, I I have worked as a tipped employee for most of my life. And I like that idea that my income reflects the amount of effort and my skills that mm -hmm. is going into what I'm doing. So. Yeah, your personality and your acumen and all that. Yeah. And that does seem to be like an, an East Coast or big city, uh, big city thing or a small city thing or an East Coast, West Coast thing. Because when I worked on the East Coast, almost every restaurant I worked in was a pooled house. Yeah. yeah. And the the reasons behind that were um, there there are pluses and minuses to both ways. Right, the Pluses sure. to being in a, in a pooled house are... 
Um, it fosters a much more coherent team environment. You don't get resentful for yeah, the people you don't that get just resentful. Skate? Nobody's fighting over that big top. There you, you go. Know? In fact, right. they're kind of fighting not to take it. Yeah. But, you know, but then, you, you know, I can put three servers on a, a table of 15 and they don't argue over who's getting what because it's all the same thing. That makes sense. Um, it just fosters an environment, uh, an environment where everybody's working together, a we thing. Um, but it does like highlight that if one person's not pulling their weight, it really shows. Two know? more, two more questions. I love your straws. These are like these biodegradable ones. They're agave ones. straws. They're agave they're straws. They're made awesome. from agave. They're completely compostable. <laughs> we just put them in with our green waste. The idea that the people have these paper straws still is offensive uh, to me. It's so bad. I think they're doing they're, they're doing something for the earth. We, we, they're not. They're pissing off better. the customers. We've gotten yeah. better. Yeah, there are better yeah. options for sure. Yeah. These this feels the, every. Piece of the convenience of the plastic straw, mm -hmm. and it's not. So God bless you for that. And then finally, the high water slow, a green hot sauce. You guys are actually selling these. We are. We are. We just started selling it this week. Yeah, tastes good. I put yeah. my finger on it. It's really good. <laughs> You're gonna want it on everything. And really? Yeah. Eggs, your Bloody Mary. Certainly. A little of this. I'll let your chicken. What's in mm -hmm. here? Uh, so it's a Serrano and Poblano based uh, hot sauce that we then ferment for at least thirty days. Um, blend it up with some vinegar balance with salt and sugar yeah. yeah if i was at home i would this is so good if i was at home i have like these home depot buckets in the garage i would just fill up the home depot buckets and I, would, <laughs> I would eat it out of that well, this we're is not, not good. yet selling them in that size yeah, yeah. But <laughs> we never say never you never. guys are so awesome um the cocktail, the cherry bomb the straws the hot sauce i got to everything i'm two minutes late i love you guys it's yeah. so great. Uh, high water slow. It's for, for certainly so long since you guys have been in here. Yes. I haven't seen Nick in forever. You guys are just killing it with the new place. And I know this business is not easy. Starting something new isn't easy, especially out of a pandemic. But, you know, with the three of uh, your heads and hearts in this as deep as I know that they are, I mean, you know, customers can only be blessed by checking out High Water Slow. So check out HighWaterSlow.com. Also, um, of course, the Insta. And more. Make your reservations, especially first brunch this Sunday. Congratulations. Give yourself a hand. Great job, guys. All right. Well, thank you, Robin. Thank you, Matt. And thank you, Chef, for being up and Adam in the morning, guys. Thanks. Thanks for having us. Up and Adam in the morning. With Adam Montiel. Weekday mornings, 6 to 10 a.m. The Crush 92.5. The perfect blend.